Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly with an unusual guest to give you ideas that may help you sell more or give better presentations when you're making a talk. Adam Gruper is a veteran Broadway and TV actor who has sometimes, when he's had the time, coached business people and executives on making better presentations. He has a list of credits that go about this long. He's been on Law & Order, Homeland, Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway, and played the witch in Wicked as well. So, Adam, it's uh, great to have you as a guest today. Thank you. It's great to see you, Joe. I I will add that it's actually the wizard that I played in in Wicked. Uh, The witch actually was a character not played by me, but was in Into the Woods, which is also here on my wall of fame, which uh, was one of my Broadway credits. And there we go right there. Something sounded wrong to me when I said that. (laughs) And look how smoothly Adam handled that. (laughs) That's a perfect example of what we're talking about. So you covered up another, quote, actor's mistake so smoothly. Thank you. Well, I'll also add that there's there's a principle in improv called make your partner look good. So my goal is also to go, that was actually a good thing you said, Joe, because it actually got me to, to, to plug another one of my, one of my credits. So <laughs> I made my partner look good. <laughs> sure did. Adam, it's said that you have to believe in your product and be sincere to sell. But what are a couple of techniques that professionals use that may be of use to business people as well? Yeah, it's a great question, Joe. I think uh, that acting and improvisation and storytelling are really great platforms for helping people in lots of businesses and lots of situations. And one of the ways it principally helps people is by making the activity of selling or presenting a human activity, which is what performance really is all about. We tend to think about our our presentations and our sales pitches as a one-way street where the, 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 the activity is over when all the information that's in our brain is put into the brain of the other person. And we forget that it's a two-way street, that we want to connect with our partners. We want to connect with the people that we're, we're talking with, which means that we have to be receptive to what's coming from them. It's not just about what we do. It's about what they do in response to what we do and then what we next do so that we are... We're supple and we can change our performance the way actors do and improvisers do. We can change our performance on the spot and be nimble 
and responsive to what comes our way. Does that mean read the room, as politicians call it? Um, and, and, and if so, how do you do that without losing track of the points that you wanted to make? I think it's something that comes from practice. You know, somebody that I work with often says that to be a good presenter, you have to have two mantles. You have to be both an actor and you also have to be a director. So you've got your one part of you that's in the moment and that's connecting with your audience. And then the other part that's kind of standing above you like a third eye going, how is this landing? And that's something that takes practice. But as a performer, I'm always conscious on stage of what I'm doing in relation to the person that I'm, I'm opposite. It's not just what, what I'm doing. It's what we're doing together, what we are creating together. So you, in your mind on stage or on camera, you are not reciting what you've memorized. Is that right? Well, well let, me, let me also add to this, that when it comes to making a presentation or as an actor, of course, I have to know my lines. I have to be well prepared. So part of the foundation of doing this well is you still have to know your stuff. You still have to be able to get out there and hit your hit your line. You know, for me to hit my lines, to be to hit my marks on when I'm on a film set. And when you're presenting or when you're making a sales pitch, you've got to know your 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 sales book, you've got to know your clients, you've got to know everything that you you have in your back pocket. And then you got to be prepared to set it aside so that you can be in the moment with the people opposite you. It strikes me that you're saying that your knowledge, your experience is your security blanket. That's your, it's your foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's your it's your that's a great way of putting it. Your security blanket. It's your foundation. Of course, I'm not saying throw it all away and just make stuff up on the spot because <laughs> that's not helpful. We want to be able to convey information accurately. I want to be able to recite, recite my lines. And certainly the playwright or the screenwriter is not going to be happy if I start making stuff up on the spot. You have to be prepared and you also have to be prepared for curveballs. And I think anybody who does sales well, anybody who does presentations well, understands that distinction, knowing your stuff and being able to operate on the fly and also be prepared to jettison everything. If something comes up, that's really important. That's a really hard thing to do. All right. That's the advanced course. Uh, 301. <laughs> uh, one other uh, question uh, before producer Neil A. Caruso has a chance to ask some questions. What do actors do to counter it if they're nervous or uptight or worried and anxious before they go on? How do you handle that? That's a question that always comes up. Stage fright is something that afflicts everybody, even, even the most famous actors. Laurence Olivier, famously, one of the most renowned and famous actors of the 20th century, was famously stricken with, with stage fright later in life. And the thing that I always say is, that nervousness and stage fright has to do with when your focus is directed internally. You start thinking, what am I doing? And when you start doing that, then your internal voice that starts to be self-critical kicks into gear. So the trick to getting out of stage fright is always to push your energy outward. It means that you have to be attentive to your partner. What are they doing? Not what am I doing, but what are they doing? So on stage, if I feel like I'm losing focus and I'm starting to get self-critical and I can feel those butterflies coming on, I instantly direct my focus to my scene partner, to the person that I'm on stage with. And the other thing that I do is I get bigger. I make my voice louder. You know, that's an interesting paradox. When we get nervous, our voices tend to shrink. We tend to, we tend to get quieter. We start sweating. And part of that is 
because we try to compress our performance. When we work in the opposite direction, make them bigger, we tell the, we, we, it's, it's like a form of biofeedback. And we're saying, I am entitled to be right here in this moment, filling up this space. That's fascinating. As you, as you were saying that, I found myself, you talk about pushing out. I found, my, I found myself doing this as, as, you, as you were saying that. And that mm-hmm. gets the attention off yourself. Isn't Neil. Interesting? You know, it's funny, Adam, Joe and I talk about this a lot. It's like, you know, sometimes business is a bit of acting, even though uh, you want to be genuine. But I find myself sales meetings or public speaking. It's, you know, you want to channel that passion. What advice would you have for um, channeling your passion to be well received by your audience? I would say, remember that what you have to what you have to convey is important that what you have to convey is something that will be a benefit to your audience. It's not just a self-serving thing. What you're doing is for your mutual benefit and it'll be even more to your mutual benefit if you're prepared to take what somebody gives you and then incorporate that. An an enormously important principle of improv is yes and, which has really entered into the, the lexicon. It's part of the zeitgeist. Yes and means we listen to what people say We accept it, not necessarily agree with it, because people say all kinds of stuff we don't agree with it, we agree with, but we accept that they've said it, and we use that to inform what we next say. That has a big impact on the relationships we create. It has a big impact on what we we say and what we believe is possible, and we create in the moment. So there are business owners I know and work with that are using virtual speaking engagements or videos to improve um, their public speaking. What advice would you have to not only do that well, but then evaluate themselves? It's a really hard thing when you when when you're talking about you're talking about these kinds of these kinds of virtual things where we're you know we're all we're all in the world of Zoom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a brave new world now where we're all presenting in these in these virtual uh, uh, scenarios, and it means that we have to adapt to a new technology and to a new reality. So part of that means that we have to set the scene like an actor does. And so you see, I created this. I, I decided among the places in my home that I was going to do my backdrop. It's right here in my wall of fame behind me. I thought about what I was going to wear. I thought about how I was going to perform. I thought I, I'm consciously looking into the camera as opposed to looking at myself. And isn't that a common thing that we like, like to do when we're in Zoom conferences is look at ourselves or look at the or, 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 or be distracted by things around us. So we do have to do some technical things that will help us man- to, to navigate it. And it is definitely a challenge being connected and doing all of the, the work that I was just talking about in this new environment. A consultant friend of mine, uh, Adam, asked me to ask you this question. Okay. Does, he ha- does he have any magic words to use in a presentation? <laughs> any magic words? Magic words. Give our consultant, <laughs> ready, uh, consultant and sales was magic words. Well, you know, as somebody who was formerly the, the, the Wizard of Oz in Wicked, what I will say is brains, heart, and courage. Right, brains. Those are my magic words. Right. And how about, he also asked about body language, uh, which ah. is a good question, I think. What can you suggest about body language? You know, this is, this is the, the most common question I get asked for presentations, what do I do with my hands? 
This is something that people are absolutely preoccupied with. And again, you know, the thing is like in, in real life, we don't think about what we're doing with our hands. We're not, we're not thinking about our body language in that way because we're so busy conveying information. So again, when we're focusing outward as opposed to inward, when we're not self-evaluating, these things tend to work themselves out. There are technical things that you can do. And some people will say to kind of get over the hump, keep your hands, if you're, in a, if you're in a live presentation, keep your hands in a sort of neutral position in front so that instead of at your side, so that if, you, if I keep my hands down here, that way I have a place to go and I can bring my hands up and down like that. But that's a purely technical thing just to get you over the hump. But once you do that, the most important thing is keep connecting with your audience and these things are going to work themselves out. Better not to get too focused on them. Interesting. Neil, one more question. Yeah, I wonder for those who are watching that are in a creative field, what advice would you have for getting gigs? For getting gigs? Yeah. This is, you know, if they have advice for me, I'm all ears. <laughs> you know, the truth is I'm a bit of a dinosaur. And um, I know that I have I have 20 year old uh, uh, twins who are now going into the job market and they have a range of things at their at their disposal that were unknown to me when I was starting out in the business. So, you know, and this is a common question that I always get is what can I do to, you know, to start off in the business? And and the, the truth is that it's it's a whole new world out there that I, I'm I'm learning about every day myself. So I would say if you have any advice on how to get gigs, <laughs> gigs would you please send them my way? I live I live in the gig economy like lots of people. And I try to have lots of side gigs. So among the things that I do, are, you know, in acting is stage and film and and um, television and commercials. And I do a lot of audio books. And of course, I do this kind of consulting work as well. Part of, I think, the, the way to get gigs is just to be as versatile as you possibly can and just make yourself, put yourself out there as much as possible. Now, are you appearing on Broadway tonight as we take <laughs> this or doing a big television show tomorrow as as we do this? I wish I had a I wish I had a big plug I could give you. I just came off of the national tour of My Fair Lady. I had done the show on Broadway and I spent uh, a good portion of pre-pandemic and then post-pandemic playing the part of Alfred Doolittle, which is uh, the, the, the Eliza Doolittle's father who sings Get Me to the Church on Time. Um, I did it for uh, uh, five, four months pre-pandemic, five months after pandemic, um, saw all parts of the country. Um, it was really a delight. I'm back at home. I'm doing mostly audiobooks these days, which uh, part of my pandemic uh, ritual was performing in my home studio. Um, and so I'm busily at work back to back on audiobooks. It's it's actually a wonderful uh, activity. I'm really enjoying uh, telling wonderful stories and I'm looking forward to connecting with my audiences through storytelling. And we think that Broadway will be okay, right? It's actually one of the leading industries and apparently attendance even with continued restrictions, has been pretty good. What have you been hearing from Broadway colleagues? Definitely Broadway is back. And it, it, that's, that's not a big surprise. You know, everybody has been talking about the death of Broadway, the death of live theater, literally for 100 years. Um, and theater always, always comes back. It always connects with people. People always want to be in a room with other people seeing live events. There's just nothing like that experience. And Broadway is unique in the world. And it is why people come to New York, among many reasons, of course. But our theater is second to none. 
and um, it's something that drives the city. It's it's full of energy and full of life, and uh, it's it's always a delight. Adam, it's been great to talk to you, and thank you for giving us some things to think about. For it was really my pleasure. It was really my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I, I really enjoyed talking to you. And that's no act. I really <laughs> Well, you know, if you were acting, you could have fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Adam. You bet. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.